Southwest Tech Daily podcast. Hello and welcome to the Southwest Tech Daily podcast. My name is Robert Hillier and my co-host is Fiaza Khan. You may be listening to this before the Tech Southwest Awards, in which case it's a great way to warm up for the big night. Or you may be listening after the awards, in which case it's a great trip back in time to more innocent days. Either way, this is what we have in store for you this month. Think insurance is dull? We have two guests who pulverise those preconceptions from global insurance giant Howden from their Padstow office. They're also sponsoring the Supporting the Sector Award and this year's host of the awards is Nikki Davies from Software Cornwall. She tells us how age is no longer a barrier to getting a tech job. So we try and continually give work experiences and opportunities at every stage of life. And we go all the way through up to running career switcher programs for adults who may have been in work 10, 15, 20 years, have amazing skills that are really transferable. And the man, the myth, the legend that is Dan Pritchard, Tech Southwest co-founder, explains why London is in his sights. Wake up and smile the coffee, London investors and tech media, because there is a lot happening in the Southwest around this whole clean tech sustainability piece, and we need people to see it. Don't forget, you can contact us on LinkedIn or Instagram at SWTechDaily. We love hearing from you and we love getting your support. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. First up then, Howden. Started by three friends and a dog in 1994, they're now a multi-billion pound insurance company operating in 45 countries. They also have an office in Padstow and are sponsors of this year's Supporting the Sector Award. We talked to Tyne Hill and Lucy Savin. We appreciate down here that the businesses are quite diverse that we look after and having that local presence is really important. So yeah, we've got an office in Exeter as well and also an office in Bristol. So we're quite well spaced out across the counties to kind of be able to service all our clients. But yeah, down here in Padstow, we're, we're out on a bit of a limb and really lucky with where we are. So I'm curious to know, because it's a huge organisation, isn't it? You're in more than 100 countries, 25,000 employees. It, it, it's enormous. How important is being in, in the in the southwest, you? How, how, how kind of Cornish do you feel and how important is your location to what you do as a business when you're part of this huge international corporation? From my perspective, really important. It's quite funny. We've got offices all across the country and, and across the world as you say but we've got one of the most photographed um, offices when we were part of Aston Lark everyone used to come down and have their photo taken outside the office so quite a lot of, a lot of other offices you go into they've actually got a photo of the front of our office in their um, in their office but it's it's really important I think with the geography of where we are and the clients that we have our need to be here on the ground is is really really important to us and it's really important to the company you know we do a lot of work with marine trades so the fact that we've got an understanding of the sea and with where we're located we kind of get those clients and we understand the difficulties they face it's quite well documented that in Cornwall you know people are potentially on lower incomes and come come off against different obstacles in that sense so the fact that we're here and we understand it I think makes us a lot more relevant to the climate that we're in the company wants us to grow down here and they're really supportive of what we represent and the fact that we are Cornish as well ourselves, so we can fly that Cornwall flag. As most people will know, you are the fifth largest employee-owned company in the UK. What does being employee-owned 
mean? How does it impact on what on what you do and how you work day to day? Rather than it just being the nine till five, we've got clients who that doesn't necessarily fit with their business. We appreciate that and we understand that. And I think because we want our business to be a success, because we're passionate about it, because we have the employee ownership, we're really, really flexible. You know, we'll quite often do team schools of an evening if it suits people or if, if something happens that, you know, we've had claim scenarios where people have really needed our help outside of those core business hours we're there on hand to help them that's part of what we do so I think it's the the passion that comes through in people and what, particularly when we all get together as a group you can feel that across the office and across the, the wider community within Howden. For sure and you, you, you're part of something so with Howden we have brand truths so it's people first no limits collective power but the whole people first it's you know it's goes back to everything we said if you're as enthusiastic about insurance as me it stands in good stead that you know you're going to have the same approach with clients and the same enthusiasm like there's there's nothing better than a, a client who's passionate about their business and you sharing that same passion so naturally it allows us to support them better. Tyne it sounds like you work a lot with people face to face and I wonder if you see a lot of what Lucy's talking about where you know, for example, when you're doing marine insurance or, you know, you're working with directly with people on the ground that they feel, yeah, I can trust these people because they understand me, because they understand Cornwall. For sure. So in the Southwest, we're almost out on a limb. You have Exeter, you have Cornwall, there's Devon, there's Dorset. And people buy people, you can build the relationship, you can build the rapport and people understand because when you're in the southwest you're almost part of something there's there's such a community down here and in particularly the tech um, innovation that we have down here in the southwest is fantastic there's a buzz people are passionate about what they do and howden is it was founded by three friends and a dog so and they've scaled it up so like entrepreneurship is in the dna of howden so i mean we've been through that journey ourselves so when we go out and we talk to people where you know they, they might be at the beginning of their journey they might be scaling up or they might be an established business and they haven't reviewed their insurance program for a long time that's where we go out we have the conversations and we add value to insurance um, and what we can do if ever there was a very cornish start to a story just three people <laughs> and a dog that is it um uh, i mean cornwall, cornwall can't they can't take the credit for that that was in london so that was david howden um and two other founders but yeah. no, no. it is not it maybe didn't start in cornwall but it's a very cornish way of <laughs> sure. describing sure. something <laughs> we used to live in cornwall so we are very familiar with the ways ah, of okay, the cornish okay. people okay. I've, yeah. I've honestly i miss cornwall a lot it's a one place i i've lived so many different places but the one place that i miss and think about regularly is cornwall so it's just it just I, gets to sure. you doesn't it mm-hmm. how do you have your scone do you, are you cream first or jam first jam first <laughs> oh no <laughs> well <done. laughs> Yeah, but, no. but Robert does cream first. And, oh, you know, I, I'm with Robert. I'm surprised we're not divorced. Well, that's because I'm, I'm, I'm from Devon, so I don't have any option about that. You were able to choose and you chose weirdness. <laughs> See, I, I live in Devon, so I'm, I'm aligned to the Padstow office, but I actually live in Devon. So when I go down to Cornwall, and when I put my cream on first, I do get some strange looks. I don't You're understand lucky we the still cream let you down there, to be honest. Because the cream is butter. The cream is a replacement mm-hmm. for butter. 
jam is not butter. But the first thing I want to bite is cream. That's what I want to taste. I don't want the jam first in my mouth. I want the jam second in my mouth. You're not doing it properly because the cream is supposed to be evenly distributed and the jam goes goes in the Lord. middle. Lord. Okay. There's plenty of YouTube videos. I forgot, I forgot what my question plenty was. Of YouTube videos. I had a question. I forgot. What's your question about jam and question? cream? <laughs> I'm so angry. I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know about the extent to which uh, the, the growth of the tech scene in Cornwall has impacted on you and what you've noticed in, uh, in terms of the, the, the changing economics of Cornwall and the wider Southwest since you started. I think insurance as a whole is is it's been impacted greatly by tech. For us down here, you see varying journeys of it. So you see how it's directly going to impact us or how it is directly impacting us and also how it's benefiting a lot of our clients. So we're really lucky in Cornwall because we've got Spaceport. So there's a huge amount of developing technology going on down at the Spaceport, which is, you know, just a couple of miles down the road. And off the back of that, you know, there's a huge amount of work being done within AI and things. And that's really interesting because from one perspective, from our clients, it's broadening, you know, what they can do greatly. You know, it's assisting in a lot with engineering and manufacturing and all sorts of bits and things like that. The gentleman that we're talking to is is using AI to understand how properties are underinsured, which is an, obviously a, a huge thing for us at the moment. We're seeing a huge amount of property being underinsured as a result of the, the pandemic and a lot of things going up and down. But also from an insurance perspective, we, we use AI in a lot of things. So I think it's going to enhance the proposition of what we can do as we use it more going forward. It's also going to be in, interesting as to how that's regulated. So obviously, as you're aware, insurance is really heavily regulated um, and it's looking at how AI can be used in line with that regulation and how it can be regulated itself to make sure we're still moving forward in a compliant manner. A lot to think about. Okay, so at the moment, my contract is with AI. So I, I'm a I'm a contract worker. I just kind of go into places, work for a few months, and then do something else. And one of the questions I seem to be getting quite a lot now, like when I do interviews talking about AI, people want to know whether I'm worried that AI will take my job or someone else's job or just jobs. And quite often, my answer is, well, I can see that maybe this iteration of the job yes they might it might either take it or make it better but um whether or not it will completely be removed i don't know we're just we're gonna have to see right but um i wonder for you guys you know the relationship part of insurance is so important do you see ai affecting that in any way for me personally like i think it could be used to enhance it although you have to be careful not to use to lose the human approach to things so like almost like the empathy I think you know whether that be like a claim scenario or somebody comes to you and they're like help our cover's completely wrong we've had a cyber attack as a human you know you have that empathy there whereas as a machine built software platform you know you you kind of you don't so I think from that perspective I think it's important that the human element is still there but from a processing perspective, I think that AI could potentially be used for good um, in insurance to streamline the processes. You know, we have to go through loads of processes, whether that be from a documentation process, through due diligence, through checks, through live financials, um, that kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, if you have a company and you're asking for the turnover wage roll, again, you can use AI to pull all that through manually. So 
that would free up the process, which again would allow you to build better relationships with your clients. Um, but I think people need to be careful with how it is implemented because, I mean, if you go through to certain insurers now, before you even get through to a human, you're put through to a chatbot, which then obviously it filters it down and it puts you through to the relevant department. By the time you've got through to that person, obviously you've been you've been talking to the chatbot who's been directing you for the last, I don't know, say 20 minutes and then you've been on hold. Mm. So I think from that perspective, it needs to be used for good and maybe from like a processing perspective to allow us to be even better at our jobs and make the process more sleek, but at all times obviously maintaining that human approach, I guess. Yeah. Just um take you back into the cybersecurity bit of that. How do you ensure companies around cybersecurity? What's the process that you have to go through? Mm-hmm. So a lot of insurers are just looking for things kind of it has always been a, a bit of a benchmark for things like multi-factor authentication. Um, so verifying that it is a, a somebody or an individual logging into a, a computer or a platform or something like that. A lot of insurers actually now are just looking at the backup processes that you have in place and how easily infiltrated they are. It kind of all comes back to how easy it is to infiltrate that data, but then also how quick it it is to recover. So if you have, you know, some form of attack, if it's going to take you 15, 20 days to get back online, or potentially you may never get that data back because you've not got the correct backed up processes in place, then insurers will potentially rate that accordingly. We're seeing such a varied demographic of people that are being targeted at the moment there doesn't seem to be any particular type of environment or business that is being attacked by cyber criminals particularly at the moment it just seems to be a really really wide range of people we had a a state post-pandemic where a lot of charities and not-for-profit organizations were being targeted but we're not really seeing that as much now it's quite hard to work out or quite hard to measure different businesses approach to their cyber security and what they're doing but backup is 100% something you have to do. Yeah, it's just backing up that data. Businesses that can have thousands and thousands of, of third-party data, it's understanding how that's backed up. If something happens to a customer, how are those parties then going to be affected? How are you going to let them all know? How are you going to even know what data has been taken as a result of having this attack? Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's quite complex. And some insurers are now going back to using quite detailed proposal forms to understand the measures the clients have got in place in order to underwrite a policy. That must be tough for you guys. You want, you would have to have people who are experts in the subject, who, but who are also insurance experts. How do you get that? Because of the broad range of clients that we work with, I never profess to be an expert in a particular product, um, but we have underwriters who are. So quite often we can put a customer in touch with an underwriter who specializes in a, in a certain product, particularly if they, if they are deemed to be quite high risk. There's always going to be question marks, particularly around cyber, because it's evolving so quickly. And just when you think you've got up to date with it, another form of an attack or a ransomware can come in that can then expose a, a problem that we've not necessarily seen before. But a lot of the insurers that we work with, predominantly all the insurers we work with now, have got amazing cyber claims back up behind them so they actually monitor ongoing risk so they try to proactively stop an attack happening before it's happened so they try to be proactive as opposed to reactive which is quite different from any other policy and claim scenario 
So we can have some basic information that we take from a company so that we put it into their software and then the data that we put in, we would have something which is called um, like a cyber report. So it's a risk assessment. And then from there, we can then have like a security checklist and it will show you where there's areas for concern or if, you've, if your passwords have been involved in a data breach. So it's all live information which we're getting. So um, a client which recently come on board with us, um, we went through the cyber assessment with them and and one of their passwords had been leaked from a parking app, which they wouldn't have known if we hadn't have done the report. So it, I think. Oh, my God. It, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, it's the age old thing of have you changed your password or are, are they still similar? Um, but it could be something of something like, you know, it's been leaked from a parking app and then a couple of months down the line, something gets hacked because your password leaks and you've used the same password for some other software which you use maybe in relation to work. You know, you, you need to be backing up and you need to make sure your data secure. But I mean, where we are in the Southwest, we're really lucky. We have um, the Southwest Cyber Resilience Centre, um, which is fantastic. And they encourage people to go through things like cyber essentials. But also, you obviously, you need cyber insurance in place, but you also need the risk management features in place too so you need to be backing up like Lucy said you need the multi-factor of contention so make sure that people are aware of what they need. Thank you Tyne. We're going to move on a little bit onto the awards. Talk to us about your involvement in the, uh, the Tech Southwest Awards how it came about and why you wanted to do it. So yeah we reached out to Tech Southwest back in February time and I've been chatting to Dan and Joe ever since. It seemed like a natural fit. They're super passionate about the Southwest and, you know, they showcase the the tech talent. (laughs) But yeah, no, it seemed like a really natural fit to them building the relationships and having the conversations and there's so much innovation around the Southwest and there's some really cool companies. And we go to these events and we talk to these people like, how are you coming up with these ideas? Tech is so, like, it's a fast-paced sector. Like, everything moves. And, you know, when you have a good idea, you run with it a 1,000 miles per hour. So things like insurance, they kind of take a back seat. And it wasn't until we were chatting to Joe, who's like, actually, I hadn't ever thought of insurance being important. We were like, no, this, this is what I mean. So the opportunity come for us to get involved with the Tech Southwest Awards and naturally um, supporting the sector seemed like a good fit for us to sponsor. So it's kind of, well, I think you can kind of say unsung heroes. It's kind of the work that nobody really shouts about that they do, but they kind of keep the cogs moving. So and, and insurance is kind of in that camp. So yeah, nat- naturally we thought we'd uh, sponsor the supporting the sector category. I have never met anyone spoken to anyone as passionate about insurance as you are time <laughs> thank you incredible <laughs> like wow I'm actually I'm actually now reconsidering my own thoughts on insurance <laughs> do you know, I, I think I think it's time we got some <laughs> <laughs> honestly do you know what so like when you when you go to the events and you know you talk to people and they're like oh I'm creating this or it's tech for good and it's going to change the world and then you have to say I'm an insurance broker. (laughs) I mean, at least I know now that I'm passionate about insurance. Good. I love it. I love it. And I mean, you guys just, you know, you know what you're doing. I I think the thing you were saying about, you know, having to have a a good relationship, you're trustworthy. I like you. So I think I would probably buy insurance from you if I was a pad steel fisherman. I can see that happening. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good award to, to sponsor. Have you guys been to the awards before? No, no, we haven't. Well, no. let me tell you, the Tech Southwest Awards are amazing, like really, really good. 
the networking is a lot of fun I sound like an advert now because only I feel very <laughs> sad that I'm not going to be there this year because we're in South Africa but it is amazing like you always meet amazing people you always find out things that you're just like you were saying I can't believe this is happening here in a tiny rural village in Devon or you know and- <laughs> yeah oh, Bristol last year no, not the awards. The, the people oh, that... I see. I thought you were throwing to I can't believe this is happening here in a tiny... Okay. No, no, I so mean... the hang out in Tokyo too much. <laughs> no, I mean, the people that we meet, they're just, you know, it's incredible the things that are happening. So you, the networking is really, really good. And it's really lovely when you're someone who works in tech, but always, you know, works from home and constantly sees people on the screens or doesn't see anyone at all. And then you come to the awards and you just end up meeting real life human beings who are interested in what you do or also have these amazing interesting things that they do so it's just you're gonna have the best time That's I have heard really great I think we're both yeah I think we're both really looking forward to it aren't we that's Tyne Hill and Lucy Savin from Howden Insurance previously Aston Lark by the way I, I've never spoken to insurance people as interesting as that before have you because I really didn't expect that to go so well I've never spoken to insurance people unless I'm seeking insurance and so you don't really get to find out about how interesting it can be, how important it can be Uh, and also just from that company's perspective how huge it is but also how grounded it is in the southwest and where they live and work. I found that really interesting. I also found it interesting that they're employee owned and that made a huge difference to how they worked and and how they supported their clients and customers. Also as well, when I was reading about them, their founder, David Howden, got his first clients by writing a letter which started, unencumbered as we are with any other clients, we feel uniquely positioned to give lots of attention (laughs) to you. So there's a good sense of humour there, which I think they've obviously kept going as well. Yeah, I love that. Right, so who do we have next? And next up is Nikki Davis from Software Cornwall. Actually, I love Software Cornwall, as you know, because I had been working with tech companies in Dubai and I and in South Africa, and I hadn't actually had an in, I suppose, in England when we moved over um, 10 years ago now, almost, Robert. Wow. But what had happened was I spoke to Belinda Waldock from Software Cornwall, who gave me a bunch of articles to write for her. And... I did a little bit of work for her. And then through that, Dan Pritchard heard about me. And that's how we ended up doing this podcast, which is crazy. So Software Cornwall to me means a lot. Yeah, Software Cornwall moves in mysterious ways. Should we hear from Nikki then? Let's go for it. Our whole purpose for being really is to create career pathways for people in tech, digital and software. The biggest problem that local companies have, and actually this came out of a Tech Southwest report a couple of years ago and still remains the same today, is access to talent. So we've always taken a grassroots approach to growing our own, knowing that Cornwall, not only geographically, is really hard to get to. Not many people pass the door in Cornwall because we are at the very end of the country. So it's really important to us that either we have to attract the right talent, keep them here, but then also recognising that that's a real challenge. And so growing our own is probably the best way forward. So we do that through a number of ways. Our most and probably what we're well uh, most well known for is our education outreach programme. 
So we work with all the primary and secondary schools in Cornwall. We run assemblies, career carousels, workshops, and do anything we can to go and get young people really excited about career in tech and show them that really exciting career is on their doorstep in Cornwall and they don't have to travel for it. They can get a well-paid job. They can live the great work-life balance that Cornwall gives them, where they can be in the sea by five o'clock and surfing if that's what they want to do um, and enjoy our amazing countryside, but also work for some really, really cutting-edge companies. So we run award-winning work experience programs. We have our famous Mission to Mars program, which is aimed at 14, 15-year-olds, and it gives them a week's worth of work experience over the school holidays to experience what it's like to work within a tech company. And we bring in agile principles. They do agile games. They manage their own budgets. They pitch at the end of it. And all of it is about them coding on our Mars rover robots and getting the robots to navigate the difficult terrain of Mars and making sure it doesn't drive off a crater or anything else. That's just something we've been doing since 2014. Still a really successful program and it's one that we're building on. So we've now got four other programs that surround that, one around digital marketing, LoRaWAN, web development and IoT as well. And so we're just expanding that kind of education outreach program. Young People is a really long game, so it takes... A really long time for a 15, 16 year old to perhaps then enter the workforce as fully qualified, perhaps software developer or engineer. So we try and continually give work experiences and opportunities at every stage of life. And we go all the way through up to running career switcher programs for adults. Well, yeah, that's amazing. And I think your education outreach program is one of my favorite things that you guys do. So you guys are really, really looking at grassroots, really, really looking at cultivating from the youngest person in Cornwall and creating your own coders. You guys also helping the older demographic for people who maybe want to change careers halfway. Yeah, so we have about a 25% success rate on placing individuals that have been through our career switcher program with local companies. And we're really, really proud of that. We've just run our um, third cohort And it's been a success already and it's created a community from people that have been through the cohort previously and with the new cohort. So they meet weekly on a Wednesday night, share code and basically now have created an environment where they're all kind of coaching each other and self-learning. We support and facilitate that, but actually it's created a little hub. We have one particular story where um, we have a GP. She's been in medicine for, um, I think, 10 to 15 years and she was looking for a change and actually found that tech was possibly an opportunity for her to career switch. So she joined our program. She also joined our um, friends over at Tech Women, which is another local um, community interest company uh, supporting women into tech. So she joined their digital uplift program and our career switcher program. And at the end of both programs, she got picked by Southwest Water to go and work on their artificial intelligence team. And that's where she is now. That's amazing. That is a wonderful story. Wow. How cool cool is that? You know, she's not a software developer, but what she displays is the aptitude and willingness to learn. And the feedback we've had from all our companies is, you know, we can teach somebody to code, but we can't force the knowledge into them. They have to kind of show willing and show the aptitude and and want to learn. And that's absolutely what she demonstrated. Um, and yeah, so she's now um, taken up a career in AI. And what Robert used to always say when he worked for Farmouth University was that when they used to work with gaming companies, the gaming companies used to say, well, we can't teach people to you know, be creative and we can't teach people to tell stories, but we can teach anyone code. So 
actually what they were looking for was always someone in a creative industry, but they were also always looking for people who are willing to open up and willing to learn and willing to make a difference in in that industry. So I think, you know, that just demonstrates it's so, so amazing. Um, you guys are now sponsoring the Tech Southwest Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing? Tech Southwest Awards has always been one of our highlights in the event calendar each year. We're always really proud that there's a really significant number of companies from Cornwall that enter. Um, but it's a brilliant way of connecting all of the clusters between Cornwall all the way up um, to Bristol and beyond and really showcasing the talent and the amazing stories that are going on in those clusters. I know I've worked sort of all across the country and there's almost competition sometimes between some of the other clusters. And thanks to the work that Tech Southwest do, actually what we've what we've managed to create is an environment of support. And the Tech Southwest Awards gives an opportunity for everybody to be each other's cheerleaders, connect with each other. So not only is it great networking, but also share those stories and show some of the great things that are happening down here in the Southwest. Now, even though we've got some, you know, a load of stuff happening in Bristol, actually a lot of the Southwest is quite rural and we're, we're not a typical donut shape as a lot of cities are. Um, we're very long. And so, you know, geography is always a bit of a hindrance. So actually hearing from those other clusters that are in rural locations that are doing cutting edge tech, um, those leaders that are doing amazing things, the individuals within companies that are really inspiring the next generation is really, really important. Um, and so it's an event that we love to support and we're always really proud to turn up and and um, see not only our members in the room, but lots of members of other Tech Southwest um, clusters as well. Yeah, it's it's always a wonderful event. I cannot believe I'm not attending this year, but <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I feel very well, sad yeah. about it. But I know it will be amazing. And actually, I think one of the years because of COVID, they did everything. Well, we did do everything online and everyone was able to watch online, even if they weren't participating. I wish that that we were doing that this year because it would have been amazing. But I was also wondering, you know, how you're feeling about presenting the awards. I'm really excited. So I was fortunate enough to do it a couple of years ago. Uh, I happened to be he heavily pregnant at the time. So technically there were two of us um, hosting and I, I worked with my co-host, uh, Martin Barnes. He's a brilliant pitch coach. We actually worked with him on a project recently um, for startups. And yeah, he's a really amazing um, host as well. And it's such a privilege to be asked and to be the person that gets to announce the winners, the highly commended, even the shortlistings is just real a real honor and the view from the stage is always great because you actually get a sense of how many people are participating and how big the actual southwest tech scene is um which you don't really always get to see but it's a huge privilege and always really exciting um i kind of joke that i'm everybody's cheerleader i do it with my team and i do it with my friends is i'm just i get really excited about other people's wins so to be able to actually be the person that gets to announce it with the co-host is just a huge privilege and i'm really excited Good luck to everybody involved. I can't wait to see you on the night. All the best. That's Nikki Davies from Software Cornwall. And as Nikki said, they're doing a lot of outreach. That's whatever sector you're in. If you want to get into tech, Software Cornwall are the people to contact to make that happen. So let's go to Dan Pritchard. Yeah, the man behind the Tech Southwest Awards. As he'll always remind us, of course, he's leading a great team of people. It's not just him, but never one to stand still. Dan talked to us about this year, but also what's next for Tech Southwest. Hi everyone. So I think first of all, it is about the people. You know, we move it around the region. We try and um, vary it a bit uh, and every year keeps getting bigger 
more and more people are coming along and it's i suppose trying to create that sense of yes there's a community out there doing great things and everyone is running around 100 miles now to achieve that uh, in terms of the tech uh, and the building these amazing organizations and companies uh, and firstly it's the buzz of the people in the room so i think that's the most important thing to say the awards is, is the culmination of and, and the totality of you know hundreds of people uh and those that make it to the sort of the final to the shortlist you know is a fraction of the total who, who get involved so the thing that i'm most proud of in terms of the tech community in the southwest is is they've backed this in terms of you know we don't always pat ourselves on the back because we're too busy we're too boring we're too british but actually sometimes saying yeah this good things happening and and the people need to see that and understand that i think that's that's what the awards is all about so can't reveal too much about on the night stuff but it will be super exciting as always with a few surprises but it's that celebration isn't it and, it, and it's sort of cheesy but it but it's true and we don't do it enough tech is splintered across so many different specialisms so many different markets you know it's, it's a rare thing so i think these have become really strong regional awards uh with lots going for them and that's thanks to the to the people part of it how much pressure is there dan on you personally as the the lead for Tech Southwest, when this is this is such an important event for Rob, this, this is immense. The, the pressure on me is unbelievable. You know, I am lying down right now on a psychiatrist coach, and, and I've got like fans <laughs> going, and uh, you know, I just I just don't know how I cope with it. Actually, uh, it's so hard to be part of something that's you know. Of course, it's it's not pressure. It's fun. It's brilliant because it's you know we're backing each other. This is not delivering to kind of uh, strangers, and you better do this. You better pull this off. You know, it's not a it's not a rugby semi final or a final or anything else like that. It's just fun. So pressure in terms of the team and us to kind of put on a good show, of course, and get it all right. The the, the application process, the judging process, but no, this isn't pressure. This is this is you know pressure is is brain surgery. I, I love it, and I think that's because of we've got a great team and we've got a community you know who get involved in the judging, who, who get involved in sponsorship to give us the funds to be able to do this. I don't feel pressure about it. A bit of nerves on the night, but in a good way. But um, no, I love it. Tell us a bit more about some of the evolution of the of the categories from from last year to this year, because of course things have to change, don't they, to reflect the changing nature of. Uh, of the sector and the kind of companies and businesses that we're working with. Absolutely. You know, and we're trying to get a balance right between it doesn't become too much a slog on the night because you have too many categories. It's like, oh, geez, we've got to be home by midnight. But also, we, you know, we are a diverse sector in terms of uh, the types of companies, the types of people, the specialisms, the, the generalists. So you, you see things this year for the first time, like best application of AI. You know, okay, it might be um, kind of obvious uh, in terms of what people are talking about right now, but that's really important because it's not just about the, uh, the shortlisting and, and who, who wins. You know, I think we've got four companies, Arwen AI, Beluga Pods, Digilab, Goodwith, all in that category. It also allows us to have the conversation around AI. We launched a group AI Southwest because of that as well. And, and actually, you know, the tech sector, we should be on trend, of course, and we should be looking ahead uh, and we should be having these conversations, not just about the companies that are emerging, but the, you know, the ethical debate, uh, the pros and cons, this whole issue of trust, trust in technology. You know, when you start turning up on the front page of the day, any star, the rise of the robots, you know, you know, there's a thing going on. So things like um, categories like the best application of AI, uh, those new ones are, are really key. FinTech, uh, marine tech, health tech, some of those specialist ones, space and aviation. It's really hard because you can't cover everything. I think what has been fascinating is the huge increase this year in, in certain categories. Tech for good and sustainability blow my mind. You know, when we started five years ago, 82 entries, this year over 350. And you look at the numbers in tech for good, in innovation and sustainability. 
that is telling us something about the southwest of England and the kind of tech we are creating, the kind of companies people want to set up in terms of changing the world uh, and the things that really matter. You know, nothing against tech, you know, platforms and apps for kind of fast food delivery and things like that, but that's not the kind of tech we're making in the southwest. It's blue and green economy. It's, you know, trying to kind of make significant changes in the world in different ways. So that, I suppose, you know, we've got companies like Kelpie, Cleaner Seas, um, Matter, Airway Medical, Ferry X, HCI, loads of others. That's really exciting to see that. So I think we, we're trying to shift as as, as, as times shift and rec- recognizing what's going on in the world out there. You know, and, if you, and climate change, obviously, and sustainability is is at the top of that list. So I'm pleased that the companies have responded to that, and we're going to see some of that on the night. That's really amazing. I mean, it's it's incredible because you talked about how the awards have grown over the last few years since we first started, and it's, I mean more than 350 entries is absolutely amazing. And yeah, moving over to climate change and moving over to combating the effects of climate change and looking at green and blue sustainability options is absolutely fantastic. So do you see the Southwest then as becoming a sort of cluster or sort of hub for green businesses that will then just lead the way elsewhere across the country and across the world i hope so and i suppose one of the hard things is when you sit in one region of the uk which is one small country in in a, in a world of many countries and many tech clusters at different stages uh, of their kind of progress uh, um you know it's hard to sort of sometimes gauge uh that and it's one of things we're doing actually talking to some international clean tech networks to find out actually and, and start to forge some partnerships and some knowledge transfers around that but it does feel like the southwest you know for a long time we've struggled with our with our with our identity you know you know me uh Fiesa, robert the whole kind of the brand background the marketing the comms you know, who are we the why i really care about that uh being an outsider coming down and moving to southwest having discovered it in a holiday and fallen in love with this place i do see you know more and more uh, of 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 that in terms of the people we talk to, the companies whether they're sitting at the science parks, in in the lights of Engine Shed or Science Creates or or, or wherever they are, you know, down a back lane in, in Cornwall, Devon, Somerset, Dorset, you know, th- there is definitely a, a, a sort of a, a whole kind of growth of, of, of different scale of companies around this. You know, the, the people working, um, you know, Kelpie is an amazing example around there working with extracts from seaweed to make biodegradable packaging and some really big clients that are starting to secure. You know, it's tangible technology that's going to um, make a, a you know a real difference around battles around biodiversity. Uh, waste, you know, recycling, and ultimately climate change as well. So, so yeah, I see it. I see it in the little companies that are, are, are sort of emerging, and you see it in the big picture stuff as well. Some of the things happening around, particularly the, the Great Southwest part of the peninsula, you know, offshore flow, marine. You know, there's, there's big things coming from marine. You know, it's already we're already a global player. If you think, you know, and, and of course that's as it should be. If you think about the coastline and the history of innovation and, and pioneering in this this uh, part of the country. So, so yeah, and I think for a long time we struggled. What is our identity to go out to the rest of the world? And you've got to acknowledge there's a whole variety of different types of tech, of course, across a region as, as big and long and thin as, as the Southwest. But that blue and green economy, that clean tech, that sustainability piece, I think that is our thing. That is our thing we take to the world and we engage with the world because it matters and because we've got we've got it in space here. I think that's amazing. Uh, I loved Kelpie. They were on our podcast, I think, in the August edition. So if anyone wants to listen, go ahead and listen to that in interview it was so so interesting i love the work that they do and also they're also working with um companies across the board you know there's a lot of knowledge sharing going on and they're attending conferences etc and making sure that you know what they're doing is not just for them so it's it's a very worthwhile 
uh, initiative and organization to work with. But um, the other thing that we're doing at the Tech Southwest Awards this year is AI. And since I'm in into LLMs at the moment, my current contract is all about LLMs. I'm very, very interested in AI. So tell me a bit more about the AI awards that we have. We've got four companies on the shortlist. It's sponsored by Your Tech Future, R1AI, Beluga Pods, DigiLab, and Goodwith. And, and they're doing a lot of different things. You know, DigiLab has sort of spun out of uh, University of Exeter and working on a whole kind of digital twins piece and, and real-time data, a lot around environmental stuff, actually, around, you know, I know they've done some amazing work around the River X in terms of, I think, Southwest Water uh, to kind of, you know, use... Um, data machine learning and i'm probably describing this really badly they'll probably be sitting here no that's not how it works because i'm not an ai expert but you know that's an example of you can take something which as part of that public debate right now to the well, what does ai mean for us in terms of jobs for our children but at the same time it's also been used for companies like digilab good with i think it's around financial uh, you know, fintech work it's actually used for practical solutions right now and, and i think that the, the, the ai piece that's what we need to do we need to understand the mix of you know because there be, there's people in our ai southwest group and, and others of course who are saying well we're doing this stuff for years ai has been around since the 80s you know come on you know wake up and smell the coffee but you have to acknowledge that um you know the steps we've taken in the last uh, 12 months with generative ai and what does that mean and where does that heading you know have been huge and, and have swept through sort of the public kind of consciousness and you know, the media have gotten involved so i think actually there's two things going on. One is we have to celebrate the companies doing good things with AI uh, in terms of let's have a look at the you know, practical applications of it because that is part of the story. Uh, and we have to use that showcase to have the conversation. I know people who who are really worried about it. Terms of what does this mean uh, for the economy? What does this mean for swathes of, of jobs? What does this mean? Will it mean the rich getting richer because of you know how they integrate AI into their companies and the poor and getting poorer because you know because that, that great divide? So I think it's probably the most important thing we've done in terms of the awards these last twelve months is, is put that in there front and center, celebrate the amazing uses of AI and what it can do environmental tech, all sorts of other uh, applications of, of, of technology, but also to have the debate around data, around ethics, around, you know, capitalism, really, and, and the economic shifts that, that, that this could bring. And what does that mean for, for, the, for the human species? So that's quite a tall order. We're not going to get that all done on the night in terms of in between the drinks and the chat and all the other things, of course. But yeah, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why it had to be in there. Well, you've touched on there about the importance and the seriousness aspect of a uh, of the awards and how that can underpin some of the decisions that, that you take around what goes in and what it can lead to. And one of the uh, elements that we've noticed talking to companies this year and mentioning about the awards and if they've if they've applied and been nominated and, and so on is actually the importance that they place on these. And often it's because it's a way of them uh, for the first time talking talking internally about you know what their story is what category would they best be suited to uh if they're if they want to put themselves into the the, the culture workplace award are, you know are they actually in, in a place to start doing that do you think that when you're setting up an a, a, um a swimming like this you understand actually how important it can be to so many of these companies when this might be the first time they've actually really started talking internally and externally about what they do and where they sit and the kind of place that they want to hold within the whole sector yeah i i guess so i think one of the things is we have all types of set companies out there all types of leaders leadership teams uh employees you know and some are quite introverted actually and and some 
you know, tech teams and and their and their, and their people are quite introverted in terms of how they work. Yet at the same time, we've got stories to tell. So it's that that mixing and, and perhaps the awards is is not a bad way of of, of doing that. A because it's, it's all kind of written evidence to start with, so you can do it in a way that you know you can get on a short list. You can take your team, you can have a good time, and and that can be it. Uh, or you can really embrace it, you know. And I think. Textile West's hope is that we cater for all and celebrate the companies who are just getting all their work quietly and they're not not out to kind of create a fuss uh, or, or or make a noise. But equally, you know, a lot of companies they recognise the noise bit is really important, especially when it's based on evidence or or being different or stand out or going the extra extra mile. You know, all those cliches. But but you know, that's ultimately what the awards are in terms of let's take a snapshot of what is happening in the southwest of England, this uh, little region that is just getting on with things and always has done. You know, the fact that from five years we've gone from eighty entries in year one or eighty two to three hundred and fifty in year five. You know, that says something about our confidence about uh, the company's external kind of approach in terms of looking out uh, in terms of yes we are good yes we've got a story to tell and yes we want to go on and change the world in our own way I think that is really super exciting and, and I'm so proud of the Tech Southwest team that have sort of grown with this as this sort of small made up thing you know Tech Southwest and these awards have, have gone on this journey have sort of grown along so we're just trying to stay one step ahead of what what the community needs to kind of meet those needs I think, I think it's massive actually you know and next year for the first time Tech Southwest we're going to do our first ever UK showcase so we're going to London which some people said oh you know do we have to play the London game but we're going there with a, with a swagger with a confidence and going to talk about clean tech and sustainability and wake up and smile the coffee London investors and tech media because there is a lot happening in the southwest around the universities and, and many other of the, of the hubs around this whole clean tech sustainability piece uh, and we need people to see it so so hopefully the awards are a little step to help us do that and I think it will be Dan because a lot of this is driven by you and I think you are the person that's making all of this happen. So I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And the whole Tech Southwest community has you to thank for all of this. So I know that you're you're probably um, just like blushing, etc. now, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it is, it is, <laughs> a lot of it is driven by you. So accept that. Nora, it it's Joe, it's Ben, it's Sammy. It's, it's the tech companies who kind of challenge us and who and give us feedback about the bits that are a bit wonky, the, the process, the awards, not, whatever it is each year trying to get better along with the growth programs the tech leader summit all those other things the insight reports you know which we're, we're we're working hard to do it and it's based on a mix of sort of understanding insight analysts you know and, and analytical kind of data but most of all it's about just talking to people in terms of where they're at what they're trying to achieve around the fundraise the teams the people the visibility collaboration the challenge of, of growing tech in the southwest as well as some of the opportunities it succeeds because there's a community that wants it to succeed it's true but it's also it's also driven by you and i do i've felt that the whole time that i've been on this journey i've always felt like if you weren't there driving all of this it would happen but probably not at this scale or at this pace and it is it is very impressive so well done thank you um, thank you and all of us <laughs> And I know this is cheesy, but even but, but the shout outs to the sponsors, you know, they didn't they, they haven't felt like normal sponsors. You know, people like Bishop Fleming yeah. and all the other from the start been in the room with us since the start. It's incredible, you know, yeah. in terms of what we should do, how we should shape it. You know, that is and the fact that we were able to all our sponsors from within the region, you know, from small tech companies to kind of professional services and, and a stay with us as well. That is hopefully a sign that we're doing 
something right, you know, because otherwise they would have all dropped off year one and gone, gone and, and, you know, played with someone else's toys instead. Who knows? You know, but it's heading in the right direction. And, yeah, the best bit is that buzz in the room when, you know, you get Bristol, Bath, Dance, everything in between, Bournemouth, Exeter, Plymouth, Somerset, you know, I can't name them all because I'll forget, you know, it goes on forever because we love the Southwest. It's so huge. Get them all into a room yeah. once a year, you know, a slice of, wow, look at these tech people. Look at what they're doing. You know, that is awesome. Okay, I was going to say best thing about the awards on the night, but I think you might have answered it. It's that bit at the end. It's that bit at the end when we've done a good job and I can have a pint. <laughs> That's my <laughs> but yeah, But also is that when people, I think that first bit in the evening when people are coming in, chatting, and there's new people in the room, there's familiar faces, there's who, who, who are you? Because there's new companies popping up all the time. I think that's you know you guys have been part of that, that awards journey so you've seen that as well and talking to people for the podcast and the awards specials all those kind of things I think you know that sort of excitement at the start when people are there with their teams and then yeah for me when that thank you and good night you know drop the microphone moment and then it's like yes good job Dan Pritchard from Tech Southwest and also from Program Agency I love talking to Dan does he just not give you this I don't know he's got good vibes he just makes me happy every time I chat to him it makes me feel inadequate, so it's the opposite <laughs> emotion from me. You feel energised, I just feel guilty. <laughs> well, Dan, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks to Nikki and thanks to Tyne and Lucy. We have had a lovely time chatting to you this month. Really, I, I cannot wait for November 9th, which is when the Tech Southwest Awards are. How exciting. You guys are going to have the best time. Sadly, we won't be there this year, but yeah, don't don't let that spoil it for you. <laughs> you can always watch the you always watch the video of last year's awards if you need a bit of a burst of us. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, just uh, just have a good time, and we look forward to hearing all about it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to see the photos. So, if you need to get in touch with us, please at SW Tech Daily. We love your LinkedIn chats. We love your Instagram messages. And if you want us to promote anything for you, you know, get in touch with us. Also, if you want to be in the podcast, get in touch with us because we want you on the podcast. We want to know more about you and about your business, especially if it's a Southwest business, actually only if it's a Southwest business. So get in touch. And Samia, our producer, is always available and ready to take your emails and you can find her details in the write-up to this podcast. So get in touch with Samaya and get on this podcast. Till next time, goodbye. Goodbye. You're listening to the Southwest Tech Daily Podcast.